Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 124 If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side when people rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us up alive. When their anger was kindled against us, then the flood would have swept us away. The torrent would have gone over us, then over us would have gone the raging waters. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Daniel chapter 1 verses 1 through 21. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim king of Judah into his hand with some of the vessels of the house of God. And he brought them to the land of Shinar, to the house of his God, and placed the vessels in the treasury of his God. Then the king commanded Ashpenaz, his chief eunuch, to bring some of the people of Israel, both of the royal family and of the nobility, youths without blemish, of good appearance and skillful in all wisdom, endowed with knowledge, understanding, learning, and competent to stand in the king's palace, and to teach them the literature and language of the Chaldeans. The king assigned them a daily portion of the food that the king ate and of the wine that he drank. They were to be educated for three years, and at the end of that time they were to stand before the king. Among these were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah of the tribe of Judah. And the chief of the eunuchs gave them names. Daniel he called Belshazzar, Hananiah he called Shadrach, Mishael he called Meshach, and Azariah he called Abednego. But Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. Therefore, he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. And God gave Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the chief of the eunuchs. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord the king, who assigned your food and your drink. For why should he see that you were in worse condition than the youths were of your own age? So you would endanger my head with the king. Then Daniel said to the steward whom the chief of the eunuchs had assigned over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Test your servants for ten days. Let us be given vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance and the appearance of the youths who eat the king's food be observed by you, and deal with your servants according to what you see. So he listened to them in this matter, and tested them for ten days. At the end of ten days it was seen that they were better in appearance and fatter in flesh than all the youths who ate the king's food. So the steward took away their food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables. As for these four youths, God gave them learning and skill in all literature and all wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. At the end of the time when the king had commanded that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. And the king spoke with them, and among all of them none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore they stood before the king. And in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters that were in all his kingdom. And Daniel was there until the first year of the king Cyrus. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 46 through 55. 
And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble state of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him, from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. And he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. Good morning and welcome to the second Wednesday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Laguna Niguel, California. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 124, Daniel 1, and Luke 1. And I kind of thought the contrast was interesting between uh, the story of Daniel being chosen as one of the you know, the elites to go, you know, I don't know, entertain or fill the king's court, and then the Magnificat in the Gospel of Luke. The Magnificat is... Um, within certain circles, a really like anti-establishment, anti-imperial um, uh, sentiment, and it's one I I hold fairly close to my heart. Um, but we in Daniel we get this depiction of the king's apparatus, if not the king himself, um, working in a way that does not really. That favor, well, I don't know if I'd say favors, that certainly accommodates uh, the Israelites, Daniel and uh, you know, and his three friends, because I can't remember which names to use. Um, and the by apparatus, I mean like all the king's resources and uh, all the king's men and structures and organizations. So the the head servant, the head eunuch. Um, is afraid of what the king might do. Um, and I can't remember if he said, you endanger my head with the king. So yeah, he is afraid of him. Um, but at least from like Daniel's perspective, if Daniel were, I think he is, I mean, you just read some of the apocalypses, but to hold too hard, too strong of an anti-imperialist bent, um, cuts against Daniel's witness because Daniel could be like, no, fuck you. Um, I'm going to like, I'm going to, you know, take my own life or, or I'm going to, you know, uh, sabotage the King's estate from within. And he doesn't do that. Um, he, he does, you know, make some requests like, look, I don't want to defile myself. Um, and the eunuch who's afraid of the King says, well, okay, let's try this thing out. And it isn't favored, but it is accommodating. And Daniel chooses to remain within this system he's placed in. But there's a little bit of foreshadowing. Um, Daniel was there until the first king, year of King Cyrus. King Cyrus comes and overthrows, who is it, Nebuchadnezzar? Yeah, Nebuchadnezzar. Um, so it's this reminder that Nebuchadnezzar is not long for this world. Um, so it's not a it's not a support of imperialism or whatever we want to call it. But from Daniel's perspective, um, he isn't there trying to overthrow 
the powers and bring down the mighty. Um, he he kind of surveys his place in it, um, figures out what he's willing and not willing to do, attempts accommodation and succeeds. Um, and so, in this world of you know increased polarization, um, it's easy to look at the the people and the things and the systems that we rightfully hate and just want to like try and purify ourselves or the world of them. And that's not really the take of Daniel. It's not really the take of Jesus. I mean, if anything, Jesus doesn't care. And Daniel doesn't, isn't going to be swayed, but also doesn't act in direct confrontation with um, the system in place. And so reading the Magnificat in that light, it seems to emphasize God's action, that God will you know, bring down the mighty and scatter the proud in the, in the thoughts of their hearts, um, that we don't do it. Daniel doesn't do it. Jesus doesn't do it, at least not like directly. He does it maybe symbolically or apocalyptically, I suppose. Um, but we don't do it. Mary didn't do it. Um, and so it's a reminder to rely on and wait on God. You know, Daniel didn't know that King Cyrus was, you know, on the horizon for, you know, human history or Israelite history. Um, he didn't know that. He took his lot in life for what it was, tried to figure out what the boundaries of his, you know, accommodation and, you know, um, I don't want to say worship life, but he wanted to remain true to his tradition, and he was in a situation that put that in jeopardy. And before, uh, you know, if he ever does, but before he takes direct kind of confrontational action, he feels it out, and he wants to examine the extent to which his spirituality, his faith, his beliefs, his moral identity can exist in tension with the situation he's found himself in. Um, you know, it isn't this uh, radical overthrow or like whatever, at least not yet. Um, and I think that is a reminder for us today to like, yeah, shit is real bad. Um, but don't lose hope and don't take action. You know, don't take your stand until you know the stand you're taking, right? Um, if they force them to eat food that was defiled, I'm sure Daniel would have, I, I don't put it past Daniel at all to take a stand, but he knew the stand that he didn't have to take by understanding the, the perimeter of the moral space in which he found himself. Um, and so reading the Magnificat, I think we should remember that it's God's actions that do all these things. Um, and just as Mary says earlier, you know, let it be with me according to your will. Like, let God do it and let us understand where we are. Um, but ultimately, uh, remember that uh, God's will for us is not to do the things that God will do God's self. Um, and that includes, in particular, the, the things that will rid the world of the things that we think are evil. Because only God, and know, God alone knows what is good and evil. And God alone is capable of dealing with it, and that we um, should be much more careful and discerning um, 
how we go about engaging in, in spiritual combat in the world and the moral landscape in which we find ourselves. Another prayer for guidance from the Book of Common Prayer. Direct us, O Lord, in all our doings with your most gracious favor, and further us with your continual help, that in all our works begun, continued, and ended in you, we may glorify your holy name, and finally by your mercy obtain everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with PewPewHQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.